Now, the wealth protection diva is a successful entrepreneur, business owner, and premier business strategist, president and CEO of Sage International Incorporated, and a national speaker, best-selling author, and motivational teacher of financial education, business development, and wealth protection strategies, the joys and frustrations of being a business owner. Her insights are motivating. Her frankness inspiring. Here is Sherry Hill. In the news, we hear about professional lobbyists who attempt to influence legislation and policy through various means. Grassroots lobbying is when everyday citizens contact their own legislatures to try and influence legislation and policy. Advocacy groups of all kinds engage in grassroots lobbying, asking their members to call and write their legislature about a piece of legislation. Grassroots lobbying is important because government must know your wishes before it can respond to them. It's simply the art of communicating with your elected officials. This is the basis of government, of the people, by the people, and for the people. As a voter, you have the most powerful tool available, your vote. You have the ability to hold each representative accountable to you as a constituent. Enter my guest, Jeanette Bells, founder and president of J.K. Bells & Associates, established in 2000 to provide a variety of professional consulting services for individuals, private and public organizations, and Leah Cartwright, a UNR graduate who holds a master's degree in public administration and public policy and now serves as government relations manager for J.K. Bells & Associates. Jeanette, Leah, welcome. I think we should first define, you know, what is lobbying? And is there a difference when we add the word grassroots in front of it? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Let me start there. Uh, lobbying, your definition was great. Uh, it really is about going to uh, elected officials, whether it's at the local level, your state level, your federal level, and letting them know what you think, uh, putting your thoughts on the table for them to consider as they work through a process to consider legislation. Grassroots, I think, is probably the most important adjective there because uh, lobbyists like Leah and myself only can go so far. Uh, we have knowledge of the um, industry or area that they're looking at, but it's really the individual, the voter, um, the impact on them and their ability to um, bring that to an elected official uh, that's most important. And perhaps later we can also talk about uh, candidates because once they're elected, sure, but even in the candidate stage, I think it's important for everyone, everyone to get involved. Well, Jeanette, you were mentioning before we got on air that, you know, timely, these caucuses and all these things are going on. And when we mention, you know, we have a vote. When we're 18 and older, we have a vote, we have a say. But there seems to be a huge population, Leah, <laughs> of your generation that for some reason, unless there's some cause or some reason to get behind something, they seem to be not showing up. Yeah, that that tends to be the conception around people my age and younger and, and maybe even a little bit older. I'm 25, so 
people around the ages of 17, which is when I first got involved in politics and maybe up to 30 or so, have a little hard of a time getting together with their candidates, with their elected officials. It just doesn't seem as important. We're not discussing that at the bars, typically on our Friday night. At least I never did while I was at UNR until I got into the political science program. And then that was all we discussed at the bars and in class. So really trying to engage people in my age group, the millennial generation and and younger, you have to find that cause. You have to find that reason to really motivate that age bracket. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and it's interesting because that's kind of what I tapped on. It's like there has to be a cause. It's not America as the cause. It's this one piece of it. And so, uh, Jeanette, you've been involved in politics for many years. And, of course, you know, you see a lot of the same people and what is it that you think is missing and why this younger population doesn't – I know they care, but they're not voting. You know, you ask a really interesting question, and I actually think it's a little more pervasive than just the younger generation. Um, people tend to get involved when the fire's coming over the hill. Then they're worried, oh, my gosh, it's going to affect my business. What they don't realize, I think, is that setting the groundwork early on can make that conversation with a legislator, with an elected official, much more simple later. So to make um, a connection with a legislator at the time when something is on fire probably isn't the time to do it. So when we train people in grassroots lobbying and talk about grassroots lobbying, we talk about how important it is to make that connection prior to needing it. So important. I can't tell you how many people currently do not know who their elected officials are. I constantly direct people to the legislative website, uh, which will tell you on the state level, based on your address, where you live, not where you work, who your elected official is. Um, It's amazing to me that people don't, that they're not aware. Because when you make that call and you can say, hi, my name is Sherry, I'm a constituent of yours, believe me, their ears perk up compared to someone who's not or someone who's a hired lobbyist. They value you as a voter. They want your vote. And to make that connection is phenomenally um, impressive for them. And so why not use that? Right. And why not create that bridge before you actually need it? That's that's what I, if I if we leave with one thing today, I think that's what I'd like to impress. Well, it's interesting because when the whole uh, commerce tax was coming up and of course I'm part of the Nevada Registered Agents Association and we have a paid lobbyist because we're, you know, what's business, what's good for Nevada and so on. And it was interesting because it's really probably the first time that I actually wrote not a, you know, same letter stamped. I, I literally wrote to every single one of our legislatures. I only heard back from three. So part of my thing is, well, did they get it? Do they care? Are they listening? And so I think, you know, personally, it's like, well... I could do all this. I could put out a lot of this effort. Is somebody actually listening and do they care? Or am I only really allowed to go to the one guy that represents me? There are no rules. (laughs) 
So you can go to everyone. Um, and I'm not sure who the three are that responded to you. I can tell you that uh, probably a lot of them heard what you were saying. I would challenge you, though, one step farther. It's no different than cold calling, let's say, as a salesperson. You might start by sending a letter, you know, that several people might see, somebody might throw in the trash, and somebody else might be motivated to call you because it just so happens they need windows or whatever you're selling. But you don't stop there, right? You might pick up the phone and call them. You might find out how to email them. You might drop by one day and just say, hey, your windows are looking old. Maybe you need some new windows. Um, so sure, you did an absolutely wonderful thing by writing that letter. Did you contact your own legislator? You have a senator and an assembly person. Did you contact them individually saying, hi, my, na- my name's Sherry, I'm a constituent, and I really would like you to know how that's going to impact no, me? I didn't. Right. So <laughs> that's the one thing we want to make sure to impress upon people today is like anything else in life, absolutely. You did more than probably a lot of other people did. Some people say, oh, you know what, everyone else is going to take care of this. I don't have to. So those folks... They're not doing anything. You took one step. I would encourage you the next time to keep going. And in this interim period between legislative sessions, which is what we're in right now in 2016, I would challenge you, Sherry, to uh, identify who your legislators are if you don't already know who they are. And between now and let's just say July 1, reach out to that person and say, hi, my name's Sherry. I'm a constituent. Do you have a half an hour for coffee? So I, I guess another question, though, is you say that, you know, most people don't really address the issue until it roars up or it's the fire on the hill. But most of the time we don't have any idea, especially in this state. We got a 120 day legislative session with thousands, it seems like, bills that everybody's trying to push through. I mean, how do you know? How do you get involved? Is it because I'm involved in a nonprofit or I work at the government? I mean, how do I know what I should be fighting for? Well, a lot of that comes from a personal interest. And I think one of the probably a more fascinating and local effort started down in Las Vegas with uh, the woman who wanted to do hair braiding. Do you remember that, Jeanette? It had to do with Board of Cosmetology, and you can't just go out and braid hair for a business. You have to get a cosmetology license in the state of Nevada, and that requires a lot of hours of training. Well, this woman just wanted to braid hair, and so she went to her her representative and said, hey, I need help doing this. I just want to do this business. I want to do this one specialized task. How can I make that happen? And so it really starts with a personal passion for something. So maybe your personal passion is something to do with animals and you, you really want to help the animals or you do want to go out and braid hair or you want to do specialized window decorations and you find challenges or barriers or rules that aren't, they don't seem as necessary as you think they should be and maybe you can change that. Hmm. Okay, so it, it comes right back to what we said. As soon as it affects me, then it matters. <laughs> That's usually when people get more engaged, Sherry, but, but I would also argue, if to use that word, um, that you don't buy your insurance when the fire is coming over the hill. 
because you're not going to be able to get insurance and because now the fire's there and no one's going to insure you. So the same thing with lobbying. You don't want to engage when the crisis is in front of you. You should have already engaged. And so, like I said previously, that connection that you can make, that bridge that you can build when you don't need it, is invaluable to creating that link when you do need it. And so that really is my message today, is try to create that. There are a lot of ways to find, just following up on that question, there are a lot of ways to find out about what's going on. There's a lot of information in the newspaper. You might find out a little later that way. I strongly believe that people should be involved in a professional group for their association. You mentioned your group. Mm -hmm. I'm sure they brought information to you and said, oh my gosh, you know, this, we're, we're being impacted in some way. We need to do something about it. Um, chambers, uh, chamber in our local community is very involved. There's a lot of different places that you can find things out. Um, you might be uh, prospective, you know, um, or you might be reactive. It, it depends on where you are. You don't really know, but to be engaged is the important part. All right. Well, we're going to pick up on this uh, conversation around grassroots lobbying when we come back. Stick with us. I'm going to continue with Jeanette and Leah. This is Sarah Tony, Development Director at Notable Music Therapy Services. This is Mark Geeson, acoustic guitarist and vocalist with the Notables Band. You are listening to The Sherry Hill Show. Sherry Hill is important to me because she gives a voice to great nonprofits in our area. Sherry Hill is a great communicator and a real professional. Sherry Hill is important to me because she's beautiful. Buying investment real estate is a big decision. Getting the right mortgage is critical. This is Michelle Holbert, NMLS 184194 and MLB 3723 from Caliber Home Loans. With today's extremely affordable mortgage interest rates, you have the opportunity to step into what could be your best investment purchase of a lifetime. When you find the right property at the right price, you'll need to be pre-approved for your mortgage to lock in your deal with the seller. Caliber Home Loans is ready to talk with you about getting a mortgage to purchase real estate. Visit www.michelleholbert.com, and that's M I C H E L L E. H-U-L-B-E-R-T dot com or call 775-284-1922. This is Michelle Holbert from Caliber Home Loans. Thank you. Caliber Home Loans, located at 6530 South McCarran Boulevard, Reno, Nevada, 89509. Sage International Incorporated sparks and fuels the entrepreneurial spirit by providing the strategies, information, education, tools, resources, and ongoing support services that will lay a solid foundation under a business owner's dream. If you're thinking of starting a business and you're not sure where to begin, Sage International Incorporated offers a free 30-minute consultation. Call 1-800-254-5779. That's 1-800-254-5779. Or visit sageintl.com. This is John Crockett, Managing Librarian at the Sierra View Library. This is Jeff Scott, Director for the Washoe County Library System. This is Debbie Steers, Resources Librarian at Washoe County Library System. You're listening to The Sherry Hill Show. The Sherry Hill Show was fantastic. High-level thinkers listen to The Sherry Hill Show. Grassroots political activism is a hallmark of American representative government. 
From town hall meetings and state house rallies to talk radio blogs and meetups, Americans are constantly finding new and innovative ways to participate in politics. However, in a very interesting report titled Mowing Down the Grassroots, author Jeffrey Milo found that the lobbying laws of at least 36 states threatened to strangle these grassroots efforts in red tape and regulation, thus reserving the political field for established interests who have the means and know-how to overcome these government-imposed burdens. My guests... Jeanette Bells, founder and president of J.K. Bells and & Associates, and Leah Cartwright, a UNR graduate who holds a master's degree in public administration and public policy and now serves as government relations manager for J.K. Bells & Associates. You can find them at jkbelz.com. So, Ladies, let's address Nevada's regulatory process and structure, which seems very complicated and has lots of traps that can put someone less experienced into an endless loop that is counterproductive to their intended goals. I have a wonderful (laughs) example of how you get out of that morass. And that was the day before Thanksgiving. I was actually took the day off. And I got a phone call from someone from the 702 area code. And I thought, I have no idea who this is, but I better pick it up. So I did. And it was a gentleman who ran a construction business down in Las Vegas. And he immediately started talking about his issue and said, I talked to um, an elected official down in Las Vegas, and they said to call you because you would know what to do. He had a problem uh, that he was applying for a certain kind of license from a regulatory licensing board and was told that um, he couldn't get that license because it hadn't been approved by the legislative process. And there's a little bit of a process. And he wanted to know what to do because he'd already taken the exam. He was ready to pay his fee and he was basically stopped. And he said, this is going to impact my business. And so the first thing I said to him was, you know, what do you know? What have you done? And where do you think you need to go at this point? And he said, well, I've been to the board and I know they've told me I can't do this. And so I started talking to everyone I know. That's how I got in touch with you. And I said, okay, who's your elected official? And we looked it up on the legislative website. And it just so happened that his assembly person was a pretty um, important person at the assembly. And I said, you know, you've got a great tool here. Um, He was able, I'm going to make a long story short, uh, he was able to get a few people energized only because I pointed him in the right direction. Um, And he now is going to be able to go and get that license. And it took probably until uh, an extra probably six weeks for him to be able to do that. The turnaround time on that was pretty magnificent considering there was a holiday in between. The point was, though, that he didn't just accept what he was told. He started talking to people, and he started talking to people that he thought would know what was going on. And even though that elected official didn't know the specifics, it's like a giant network. And he and I had worked together when he served at the legislature 
eight, ten years ago, and he just said, you know what, Jeanette gets things done, go call her. He did, and he created his own grassroots lobbying effort, and he got it done. So, you know, if you accept just whatever people tell you and you go back to wherever you were, then sure, you're not going to get anything accomplished. If you start asking a lot of questions and trying to find people that do know, you can work your way through that morass. So that's kind of interesting because when you think of grassroots lobbying, you think of these, you know, big giant issues, but the way you just presented that, it's one person who... (laughs) With one issue. (laughs) Yeah, that's absolutely. That's why I'm so passionate about this, Sherry, because people tell me all the time, what has government done to me? I mean, here, you know, they're a victim. I'm, I'm trying to say, try not to be a victim, try to be proactive. It's amazing what you can get done. And I would guess that Nevada is not one of those 36 states that make things really hard. We are still a small state. Uh, we don't have a lot of legislators. As an example, we only mm-hmm. have 63 of them, 42 in the assembly, 21, 21 people in the Senate. That's not a lot of people to reach on an issue. It's amazing the amount of access that you have here. I mean, you can take a flight from Reno to Las Vegas and make two or three connections, believe me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, if you choose to, you know, be in a shell and live under a rock, then you probably won't get a lot mm-hmm. of things done. But if you try to reach out, start to um, collaborate with other people, either people that can lead you to other folks that can help you or start to develop your own coalition. I mean, if you feel that something, if you want to change the laws like this gentleman did in construction and he knows five or six other people, then all of a sudden your connections magnify. Awesome. And so, Leah, you know, we were talking about the fact that you know, now understanding that grassroots lobbying can be a person of one who then, like you say, builds out and finds out the rest of their network. As a young person and someone who's very involved in in this side of government to make sure that people are represented and their voices are heard, I mean, what are some of the things that you are doing to ensure that your generation, you know, the 30 and under, basically, (laughs) uh, understand that, guess what? They have the same rights and responsibilities as the contractor who figured out that there was something not working. Right. Well, I'm sure my brothers and sisters and friends are all very tired of hearing me spout things off about bills that passed and regulation hearings that are coming up on Facebook and Twitter, because that's what I do. It's like Jeanette said, it's very important to me, and I'm very passionate about a lot of these issues. And so people in my generation, you know, we've grown up on Facebook and on Twitter and on Instagram and Snapchat even. And it's it's almost impossible to get on online and not make a connection with someone. So, for example, I can get online and I can get to the Twitter account of my representative, Assembly or Senate or both, And Twitter and Facebook are already going to tell me, well, you should follow X, Y, and Z because they're also connected and you need to know them. So it's really, really easy for you to make that network and then you can follow them, you can keep an eye on it, and they respond. You can, you know, you can get on there and tweet back and forth with pretty much any assembly person. Um, I think there are a few holdouts maybe out in the rural areas who aren't online as often, but I... 
I don't see any reason why anybody in my generation can't just go on and connect and start chatting, basically. Well, and that's kind of to your point. Now is the time to start figuring out what are these people thinking about, right? <laughs> what are they working on? And and so that you can get your voice heard and involved early enough, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. Now's the time to be interviewing them because um, most of our legislature, um, all of our assembly people and roughly half of our senators are going to be up for election in November 2016. And they're looking for your vote. Um, Now's the time to understand them a little better. There's going to be primaries coming up in June. Uh, Those in some races are going to be extremely important. So time is of the essence. But they want to get to know you. And I think it's your responsibility to get to know them and interview them. We do that with larger clients that we have. We actually bring in candidates and we interview them. We ask them all sorts of questions. Mm-hmm. Um, who Who's your mentor? You know, that tells you a lot about someone. What, what are the issues that you want to work on if you are elected? That tells you, you know, are they focused on education, healthcare? What's their passion? How can you plug into that? And does it meet and match with your philosophy and where you think things should be going? Because I'm sure they're interested in what you have to say, and they're interested in your vote come election time. Absolutely. And, you know, we think of this as a downtime and how special the state of Nevada we only meet every other year. However, as you said, these uh, representatives, they, they're they working mm-hmm. in between this time, right? And mm-hmm. I don't think people really understand that. We have a citizen legislature, so we actually even have a, an interesting combination. We have folks that hold down full-time jobs, juggle their leadership responsibilities, and try to go get people to vote for them. They are involved in caucus. You know, we've got that. We've talked mm-hmm. a little bit earlier about the caucuses coming up. They're doing caucus training. They're trying to identify candidates in different races that they want to support. The amount of individual time and commitment, dedication and energy that these folks put to what they do is phenomenal. And I don't think they always get the credit for that sort of thing. Um, I give them amazing kudos because the um, personal sacrifice to their families, you know, to other things that they're responsible responsible for is huge. Yeah, sounds like it. And certainly, you know, a lot of them first time in this position. So like mm-hmm. you said, there's a lot to learn and that, you know, they're on during those 120 days. And if they don't understand the process or the system, shame on us, right? Absolutely. They've got over at our legislature, over a thousand bills probably to deal with on topics ranging from The variety (laughs) is amazing. A to ZZ, actually. I think it's amazing what they have to learn about. They can't possibly know everything. They don't have a real staff. You know, you always think of bloated government and and, uh, at the federal level. When you meet with a legislator here, you don't meet with their assistant that's responsible for health care or the environment or whatever. You Mm -hmm. meet with that person in all likelihood. And so they have, they rely on you to let them know. Because Mm -hmm. if you don't tell them, how will they know? That's how it works. 
I like this conversation about grassroots lobbying and how I can get involved with my guests, Jeanette Bells and also Leah Cartwright, both here with J.K. Bells and Associates. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Have better ideas faster without the stress and burnout. This is Todd Henry, author of The Accidental Creative in Cincinnati, Ohio. You're listening to The Sherry Hill Show. Sherry Hill is the wealth protection diva. Thank you, Sherry. Sage International Incorporated fosters the entrepreneurial spirit by first educating our clients. In fact, we wrote the best-selling book, Incorporate and Get Rich, as recommended by Robert Kiyosaki in his bestseller, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. For over 20 years, we've taught thousands of business owners, investors, professionals, and entrepreneurs how to properly structure their business and personal assets to avoid the three flaming arrows of challenge, income taxes, liability exposure, probate and death taxes. Call Sage International Incorporated at 1-800-254-5779 to set up a free 30-minute consultation. That's 1-800-254-5779. Sage International. This is Mike Fossey from Fort Collins, Colorado in Reno, Nevada. You are listening to The Sherry Hill Show. Sherry Hill is important to me because she gave me the opportunity to promote the Civil Air Patrol and Honor Flight. Sherry Hill is the wealth protection diva. If you have comments about today's show or any questions, please email sherry at sherryhillshow.com. A primary reason lawyers and others undertake public interest or pro bono work is to further the public good. Helping underserved people, groups, and causes can provide a feeling of personal satisfaction and allow you to achieve greater goals beyond earning a paycheck, such as working to affect societal change, supporting an important public cause, or providing equal access to justice to needy individuals and organizations. Leah Cartwright is a graduate of the University of Nevada, Reno, holding a master's degree in public administration and public policy and a bachelor's degree in social work. Hailing from a large family in rural Nevada, Leah has been an advocate for underserved and disadvantaged populations from a young age. Jeanette Bells, founder and president of J.K. Bells & Associates, has been working in the public-private sector since the 80s until relocating to Nevada in 1995 to serve as president CEO for the Nevada Association of Hospitals and Health Systems. Her company provides customized facilitation, mediation, governmental relations, and special business services to trade professional organizations, corporate, and not-for-profit clients. You can find out more information from their website, jkbelz.com. So I have to assume that both of you have an intellectual passion for new thinking, for challenging the status quo, a passion for resolving national problems, problems that are said to be unsolvable, a passion for working together and for working differently, or why do you do what you do? Leah. Well, thanks. Uh, I don't think there are any truly unsolvable questions, but you'd have to really look at the math people to ask for that. In policy and the arena that we work in, nothing is unsolvable. It's just 
how hard is it going to be to really get this done? How many people are you going to have to involve? How many people are you going to have to talk to? And how many hours is it going to take? And uh, how many pots of coffee? That's really <laughs> what we're looking at. You Not know? beer? Coffee? Well, <laughs> coffee I'm in the morning. the wrong party. <laughs> coffee to get things done, beer to get creative. Okay. It's, you know, it's a real trade-off in, in the industry. So you really, it's just the amount of work you have to put in. You need to go back. You need to do your research. You need to find the history. You need to really look to, okay, how did this start? Where do we go from here? And how can we do this together? And that's forming those coalitions, getting that advocacy group together, and making those connections. Right. But, I mean, you guys are different because you're passionate about all of them. Most of us are not, right? We work in the the for-profit world or even the nonprofit world, and we have our little uh, microcosm of this is our world. But it takes people like you two that are, you know, out there really helping to educate us constituents, citizens of our state and our nation to go, look, you have the ability and the right to get involved. So, you know, what what started you down this path? (laughs) You know, that it was a long time ago. I worked for a nonprofit organization and we were trying to build a housing project that was going to be a little different. And someone had to go down to the city council and talk to them about it. No one wanted to do it. And it was one of those, hey, Mikey will do it. And (laughs) so it was Jeanette. Um, That was my first foray into that field. And with every single job I've had, I did more and more of that because I found that, first of all, I love people. Um, And I love strategically thinking about how to get something done. And I love the whole collaborative aspect of it because we are um, a collection of people, as Leah referred to, that have an interest. And sometimes people are intimately involved and sometimes they're tangentially involved and they don't even know it. So how do you make that circle big enough so you're really addressing everybody that's involved in an issue so you get the best possible solution that you can I, I love that personally, and I love the strategy of it. Mm-hmm. The more you can show people that they're connected to the issue, the better network you're going to be able to provide. So if I can tap into your passion in the for-profit community, in the radio business, for whatever issue I'm working on personally, then boom, I've, I've made this connect, connection, this network, and we can get things done together. And the same can be said for any kind of industry. The, um, the woman I mentioned earlier who was hair braiding, you know, that policy that she needed to affect really changed the lives of multiple people in the industry and kind of set the groundwork for, hey, maybe we should take a look at all of the occupational licensing. So her one issue affected so many more people. It, it really gets out into the secondary and the tertiary groups, huge, huge degrees. So really that's where that research part comes in is how does my issue affect somebody to the second and the third and, you know, out to the nth degree? Right. Well, and also, you know, I'm a huge advocate for networking. I love building a network. I love the idea. And so that's part of, you know, what you guys are doing is really out there, you know, locally and beyond to know, who do I need to know if this question comes up or this issue comes up or this regulation is out of whack? So I'm guessing you spend a lot of your time just meeting people. Absolutely. (laughs) And we love that part of it. (laughs) 
<laughs> whether it's candidates, legislators, or other folks that just might be interested in our issues. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, and the other thing we're able to do, which is kind of fun, is because we're an established business that has established clients, we've had clients for many, many years, um, we also can take on those pro bono issues uh, here and there and help folks out. I've got folks that I adopt um, (laughs) that are part of sort of this network that I have, people that I keep informed about things. Um, you know, just because we're doing it every day, it's different for us. Um, mm-hmm. So we're always um, excited to do that and, and have made some inroads for folks. Well, let, let's just talk well. about that because a lot of people don't think that, you know, there are companies like you, J.K. Belt and Associates, and besides all the other stuff that you've done, and we've talked about that in the past, your mediation and facilitation and all those things. But this is an area that you guys uh, actually work with clients. So describe that process a little bit so people understand you exist and what you can do and how you can help. We have clients that range from major national companies uh, all the way down to small concerns, professional organizations like your resident agents. Um, So it's anyone can hire a lobbyist, you know, truly. We have, but on some issues, you may want to bring your collective together before you go ahead and do that because it's um, a fairly decent undertaking as well financially, depending on what you want to get done. Um, as far as the nonprofit, um, we have a lot of folks in our community that are part of nonprofit organizations. Reno is the most amazing community in terms of public service, uh, community giving, and so forth. So they will take on the issues for the nonprofits and go out and make connection with, with legislators, you know, try to advocate for whatever works for that nonprofit. So I think there's a whole um, unpaid lobbying constituent group as well that can make real great inroads. Right. But I mean, part of why you guys are so excellent at what you do is because you are out in the community, not only just building this network, but talking to, you know, everyone in government basically to find out what's coming up. What what should we be aware of as professional lobbyists mm-hmm. to be able to bring back to our clients or even make Uh, create awareness around, hey, people, pay attention. Let me say that (laughs) uh, time in the office is a real commodity because we don't usually have a lot of it. So it's amazing what you do in the evening or whatever Mm -hmm. after you've been out for the whole day, exactly like you said, uh, meeting folks. And when I first started my business, I didn't have any clients at all. And the first thing I did was go to every single meeting, every single confluence of people um, to go to meet with them to find out what was going on and what where their needs are and how I might be able to plug in. And that was how I got my first very first clients. I agree with you. That is important. And, you know, when you're busy running your business, you're not able to do that. You need to mm-hmm. make sure the payroll gets paid, the new product you have gets out, the distribution truck that just broke down gets fixed, whatever. Um, we can help you with something like that. Right. We yeah. can make those connections. And I'm guessing team, divide and conquer, right? You both aren't sitting in the same meetings all the time because yeah. you've got to build that massive network. Right, exactly. And, you know, to build on what Jeanette was saying, 
there are these meetings that start at nine o'clock in the morning in Carson City. And so that's the start of most work days for most folks. And then maybe they'll go until 1130 and they'll take a lunch for 45 minutes to two and a half hours because that's what they do. And then they're back in in the afternoon and you might be there past five o'clock in the evening. So for somebody in a regular nine to five industry, there's no way you could attend meetings like that, especially when they're four or five times a week. There's just, there's no way to do that. So it is really a full-time job to be able to be this involved and to keep an eye on everything that's happening. Well, I'm guessing that's part of why you became a professional facilitator, because you want to get these meetings to move along, right? That would be nice. Light a fire every once in a while. My gosh, I, I couldn't do it. I'm telling you, to sit here and to think about sitting in these, so again, it takes special folks who know the importance and the bigger result of sitting in these meetings and being informed and connecting with the with the folks that you need to connect with because that's everything you bring back to your clients. Well, let, let me give you a silver mm-hmm. lining on that, though, uh, in terms of sitting there. They have changed the laws, so now there are there is p- opportunity for public comment at the beginning and at the end of meetings. So you can talk before they deliberate, and then you can give them feedback after they deliberate. So think about all those opportunities that you have to get your elected officials to know what you think. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is very powerful. And so even if you only have a limited amount of time, you can plug into this system. It, that is something very, very important for those folks who feel that, you know, they are just one or they, they don't have a voice or whatever. It, there are, an, I can sit with you all day long and tell you how you can plug in the system. I want to find out the keys to effective grassroots lobbying. Joining me is Jeanette Belts, founder and president of J.K. Belts and Associates, and Leah Cartwright. We'll be right back. <laughs> this is Jeanette K. Bells, president of J.K. Bells and Associates. You are listening to The Sherry Hill Show. Sherry Hill is important to me because she connects you to informative people in your community. High-level thinkers listen to the Sherry Hill Radio Show. Why should you do business with Sage International Incorporated instead of filing a corporation or LLC on your own? Or worse, using one of those $99-plus state fee sites? Well, first, you actually get to talk with someone who is going to work directly with you to develop a business strategy that is tailored specifically to the business you want to start. Second, Unless you know what questions to ask, how do you know if the entity you choose will actually do everything you think it should? Like protect your assets and significantly reduce your taxes. For over 20 years, Sage International Incorporated has helped thousands of business owners put the proper foundation under their dream. If you want to get started on the right business track, schedule your free 30-minute consultation today. Call 1-800-254-5779. That's 1-800-254-5779 or visit sageintl.com. This is Leah Cartwright, Government Relations Manager at J.K. Bells & Associates. You are listening to the Sherry Hill Radio Show. Sherry Hill is important to me because she has the ideas that make Reno work. The millennial generation gets great ideas from the Sherry Hill Radio Show. If you missed any part of today's show and would like to listen to the podcast, please visit SherryHillShow.com. 
Legislators have a say in everything that affects your life and job. Salary, health care, retirement, job security, workforce issues, and working conditions. Important decisions such as these should not be made without input from those who are directly affected by those decisions. Individuals who educate themselves on the issues and contact their legislators reinforce the efforts of the professional lobbyists who are most effective when they are backed up by constituents contacting their legislators directly. Elected officials listen to the citizens who put them in office. I'd like my guest, Jeanette Bells, founder and president of J.K. Bells & Associates, which offers professional consulting services for individuals, private and public organizations, and Leah Cartwright, a UNR graduate who holds a master's degree in public administration and public policy and now serves as government relations manager for J.K. Bells & Associates, to talk about the keys to effective grassroots lobbying and how I can get involved and make a difference. Being informed is probably the foundation of a good lobbying effort, and it's truly inspiring how much information there is out there now. In an earlier segment, uh, Leah quickly looked up, I don't even think we knew she was looking up the website for you to figure out who your elected officials are. It's that easy. And I, I don't mean to downplay it, but it really, once you know where to go, it is amazingly easy. Um, there's a free service on the legislative website where if you have certain bills that you want to follow, there's a limited number because obviously they don't want folks like us who track, you know, 500 bills uh, to take advantage of it. But you as a citizen can input those, you know, five, six bills that you might be interested in or one um, and get information about upcoming hearings and so forth. All agendas are posted online now. You can become part of notice.nv.gov and that will tell you every single day what hearings are not only um, in your local community, but also at the school board level and at the state level. So if you want to know if you're part of the cosmetology industry, the construction industry, the accounting industry, and you want to know when your board's going to meet, it will tell you. So to sit back and say, I'm uninformed and I'm okay with that, probably doesn't fly with someone like me because there are some fairly easy ways that you can be very informed and know what's going on. And our state legislative website is pretty clear cut and clean and easy to navigate. For example, when I looked up who your representatives were, I have it saved in my account now, but the website is ledge.state.nv.us. And in the right-hand column, there's a category that said, who's my legislator? What's my district? You click that, put in your address, and boom, there you go. Here's your assembly person, your senator, here's your your representative at the federal level, and your your school district representatives. And then if you click on their name, hey, here's their email, here's their uh, here's their bio, here are some stats about them, and here's how you can contact them and their interests. It's three clicks, really. And I spend more time clicking on things on Facebook that I really shouldn't be when I could be on, you know, the legislative website. And I'm sure that goes for a lot of people, especially in my generation. And you can find them on on Facebook and Twitter right after that. You've got their name. You've got their Twitter handle. Go get them. Being informed, first and foremost, who, who do I have access to and who should I be talking to? 
starting with who is my representative. Mm -hmm. Beyond that, I mean, what else should I be if I want to engage in a grassroots lobbying effort to move my cause or my issue or this antiquated regulation? Invest in a cup of coffee. (laughs) Invite your legislator to a cup of coffee. If you uh, have a bricks and mortar location, invite them over to your place for a cup of coffee. Let them know, for example, how many people you employ, how much payroll you have, what your plans are to grow, how the downturn in the economy impacted you and how you're coming back. You know, that's all very valuable information for them. And I've heard so many legislators say something like, and last week when I was meeting with so-and-so, they told me that that could be your message. Mm -hmm. And so um, invest in that cup of coffee. Make that connection. Um, If you're really motivated, for example, you've interviewed some candidates and you say, you know what, I want that person to be elected, have a little coffee Uh, event at your home. Invite your 10 closest neighbors and just say, you know what, no pressure. I'm not asking for money, but I'd just like you to meet that person. Your legislator will be deliriously excited because let's say one other person gets turned on by that whole process and says, you know, I'd like you to meet my extended family. That's how they get elected. Um, And particularly in your neighborhoods, neighborhood events uh, can be very important. Beyond that, invite them to your business. You know, if they're running for office beyond, you know, um, just your local community, um, if it's a mayoral candidate, let's say that represents an entire city, they want to meet your employees as an example. So invite them over, have a little event for your employees. There's a lot of ways that you can um, access, they are extremely accessible in our state. So the difference between a grassroots lobbying effort and hiring someone like you, who is also a paid lobbyist and representing certain industries, let's say, when does it become a big rock? I mean, when do I need to move from, gee, this is something I can accomplish to, wow, this is an issue that affects the whole state. Maybe we should pay a lobbyist. You know, that's a a really interesting question. Um, There are some groups that are really effective just by starting to collect enough of people that are of like mind and moving an issue forward. Take, for example, autism and folks who were interested in improving the reimbursement and some of the rules and regulations around autism. They started as individual families that were impacted by autism. No surprise there, right? But then they started collecting more and more of those folks, and then they developed an organization, and then they had a brand for their organization, Autism Speaks. And then they, you know, did public events around autism. And so you can actually go a long distance on your own, quite truthfully. Mm -hmm. But you have to have folks that are interested. And just like any other group effort, you have to have someone that's going to keep track of what the legislation is. And if you don't have someone like that, and there's no one that really has that interest, then maybe you would hire a lobbyist. And, you know, lobbyists, you can hire them on different levels as well. You can hire someone to just say, look, 
make sure that we know when things are going to happen. We're going to take responsibility for getting people there. You can do as little as that. And as much as we want you to organize this, we want you to bring other folks that are interested in the same topic together. We want you to be the front of what's going on. So it can be a whole range of things. So I don't want folks to think that it's just you hire a lobbyist and you get one product. The way we do it is we custom size it based on what your needs are. And you really don't know that until you talk with people and try to understand a little bit more about what resources they bring to the table and what they need in addition. Well, and also because, you know, things happen during the legislative session, certainly where they weave weird things into these different bills. And if if I'm only looking at the one thing, something could come way out of left field that I wasn't even prepared. That's what you guys are paid to do. You're monitoring and and talking to people and staying current with the whole process. Absolutely. And for example, last session, I was hired right around Easter. I think it was the day before Easter uh, by an air ambulance company. Um, And we were able to get accomplished what they needed done in one week. Believe it or not, that was probably my all-time record. However, now I look for things or if they happen to come across my desk that have to do with air ambulances. And I've been in touch with this gentleman probably three or four times since the legislative session, just checking in, you know, does this affect you? There was a national article in the New York Times and I sent that to him and he said to me, you know, yeah, things are probably going to change in that area. And I said, well, how do you think, you know, regionally, nationally, state level? And so that helps me connect with him and stay connected and understand it also helps him stay connected if that issue comes to Nevada. You guys have been so informative, and hopefully the listeners are as fired up as I am to realize that grassroots lobbying is certainly something that we as citizens have a right to, Mm -hmm. and you have really taken it to a level where it it isn't as complicated as it sounds. So thank you for that. You're welcome. (laughs) Definitely. Thanks for having me. You have a tool. Use it. (laughs) Right. Yeah. and You can do it. (laughs) That's what's so exciting to think that it's not this big wall that's in front of us. It's really there There are doors to go through, but being informed. So if somebody wanted to find out more, you, get, you gave us some good information on the legislative website right. and government websites and all of that. But for you guys, if somebody says, wow, this is someone I want to get to meet and network with, you're always open to that. Absolutely. So where would you like them to go? Uh, <laughs> they can go to uh, jkbells.com, J-K-B-E-L. Z.com and click on uh, contact us and we'll be happy to reply. Well, thank you, ladies. My pleasure. Great to see Leah, you here representing you. the younger generation. <laughs> Anything you want to shout out to those folks? Get connected, get online, use your social media, use your networking and get out there and make an impact and show people that we really do care. You're our generation. You're going to take care of me and her. You need to be involved. And- Make sure that we're okay when we retire and do all of that. So. Right. Working hard on it. And my, my siblings, are they are tired of hearing about it, but uh, they, they don't get a break from me. Thank you both for being here. It's been wonderful and so glad to connect with you again, Jeanette. Thank Our you. pleasure. Thank you so much. The Sherry Hill Show values the role we play in supporting the economic engine driving this country. Small business, the backbone of America. Send her a message on Facebook.com slash Sherry Hill Show. 
And tune in next week, same time, same station, for The Sherry Hill Show.